0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. For sports fans, there's no better place to get breaking news and powerful stories than The Athletic, with comprehensive coverage and insightful analysis built around the teams and leagues you personalize. Get the app, it's free, and you'll get personalized, exclusive, ad free content today. Visit TheAthletic.com slash Spot and get 40% off your first year subscription. This is the start of what will be heavily backloaded Major League Baseball talk, but we're going to, of course, sneak in plenty of NFL today and next week, more NBA as the midway point gets here. All-Star Weekend is upon us. We'll break down some of the mid moves, some of the projected trades, projected buyouts. There's some big names headed out there. This is how good teams get great. So at the midpoint, we'll certainly have some NBA discussions down the road here with Keith Smith and Scott Allen. Uh, I just want to open quickly with, you know, what's been early but impactful NFL offseason moves. Let's put it that way. You know, we're starting to see some of these cap casualties. The Bears made a big release. The Miami Dolphins made a somewhat shocking release. I think none of us kind of understood that there was trouble in Dolphin land in terms of the defense, but a four-year $51 million contract they signed last year to Kyle Van Noy is now null and void. Um, Somebody that, yeah, that we thought they poached off of the Patriots to become sort of the center of that defense and, and the leader of that defense. Not so much. Clearly, it wasn't working out. They were looking for more pass production, production out of him. You know, he he wasn't going to have that in this current scheme. There's no question about it. It just wasn't a fit. They gave him $15 million over one year. And it sounds like he's out the door, whether that's via trade or release. It hasn't been confirmed yet. They're certainly trying to trade him for some sort of mid or late round pick but they've already showed their hand they're going to release him or move on from him it's, look it's going to clear you know almost 10 million of cap to do it so there's going to be benefit to it in a cap crunch year where they or they certainly want to add some weapons for Tua or Deshaun Watson whoever you want to do And <laughs> I'm not going there but uh, this was a shocker this was this was not only a football move but certainly a move that is indicative of what's going to be the 2021 NFL offseason so this is really just number 1 number 1 Eye popping cap casualty right here, Kyle Van Noy, the first of many, unfortunately, that we're about to see over the next two to three weeks. So keep an eye on that for sure. JJ Watt. Speaking of surprises, you know, wasn't Green Bay? It wasn't Cleveland. It wasn't Buffalo. It wasn't Indy. It wasn't Pittsburgh. It wasn't Tennessee. It wasn't the Raiders. It wasn't the Bears? It wasn't Tampa Bay? It wasn't Kansas City? It was Arizona. <laughs> it was Arizona uh i get it and i don't and that's as good as i can do for you right now clearly the money was there i mean i don't know that anybody else was offering 23 million guaranteed and if i had to guess without looking at the structure just yet most of that's got to be in 2021 Uh, that's just how these contracts are going to work in with this off season and and players wanting to get themselves back out to uh, free agency in 2022 certainly 2023 when the cap should be not only where it was, but plenty forward with the, with the new TV money coming in, as we mentioned in the last show. So two for 31, 15 and a half per year. That's 28th among all defensive players. 23 million guaranteed is very, very impactful. That's 66% of that contract. That's good stuff right there. You know, that for a 32-year-old next month, certainly he can play, but the injuries have been there. He's missed a ton of games, but he didn't last year. You know, when it mattered most, when his contract was going to be terminated, He didn't miss last year. He was productive on a very bad team. And that's why that's what we're saying about the Sean Watson as well. You know, he had a hell of a year on a terrible team with no weapons. So what could he do in Baltimore's offense or in San Francisco's offense? We'll never know because he's not getting traded. But, uh, you know, similar conversation for an older J.J. Watt. He got overpaid. Uh, You know, you're not going to hear me not say that. That was an overpay. But whenever there's six to 10 to 12 teams involved, you have to, to get the guy in the door. Arizona is not a Super Bowl contender. They weren't before. They aren't now because half that defense has to be either re-signed or upgraded this free agency. So whatever cap space they think they have has been either burned at J.J. Watt and or now has to go to multiple defensive players that need to come back or be upgraded upon. They're going to extend Chandler Jones. They're going to extend maybe to Humphreys, their left tackle just to clear some cap space. Um, you know, maybe there's a trade, maybe one of those wide receivers has moved on from if there's a bit of a surplus there. But, you know, they don't. I don't know if they have enough capital right now to add enough pieces to make them legitimate contenders. Nor do I think Cliff Clinsbury showed enough last year as a, as a young coach to prove that he can get it done himself and coach this team to a late postseason run. Kyler Murray, I like him. I think he's going to take another step forward here as long as the right weapons are around him. But I'm somewhat down on the coach, and I'm definitely down on how that defense looks as a whole because of all the pieces that need to either be replaced or brought back in some financial (laughs) path. Uh, So it's an interesting pick for J.J. Watt. Good lifestyle move, certainly a good financial move. It's an maybe slightly above average football move for him. You know, he's joining what was a good defense last year. Can they remain that way in 2021 remains to be seen. But the decision is made. There's no more J.J. Watt talk. That's refreshing because we've got plenty of names to move on to, of course. Um, Look, some of these cap casualties are coming in as I literally have this conversation with you. Henry Anderson off the Jets. Not a team that needed cap space, just a team that wants to accumulate as much as possible. They're loading it up. Kyle Rudolph has been released from the Minnesota Vikings after a couple of restructures kept him around. Really just pay cuts. Uh, you know, 5 million plus of savings there for Minnesota who certainly needs to do that a little bit Irv Smith's there that, that was a move that was 100% expected to happen. Um, and if you haven't seen it in a while, I've got that roster roster bubble report up on spotter.com. You can see a list of other names. I think maybe next Henry Anderson was on that list. Kyle Rudolph was certainly on the list. Buster screen was on that list from Chicago, a move that was made yesterday. So it's happening. You know, JJ Watt was on that list to put it, to put it frankly. So many of these bubble names, I think, will fall by the wayside. You you can find out the cap ramifications to do so on that bubble report at spottrack.com. Let's talk some baseball. I uh, I sat down with a afternoon beverage and watched the first televised Mets spring training game. Got myself a home run from Jeff McNeil. So pretty uh pretty satisfying day for me in terms of. <laughs> March 2nd in Buffalo, New York. Let me put it that way. You know, still snowing, still freezing outside, but I got some 80 degree sunny baseball weather on SNY watching the Mets. So good to have that back. And it's time to really start to dive into baseball. We're going to do so next with Cousin Dan in in a three-part series where we break down two divisions, the projected win totals for every team, our thoughts, of course, and where we think, you know, over, under, how, how it all should hash out, how those rotations look. I've done a differential piece internally that brings me the incoming and outgoing players for all of these teams. Not only the names, not only the money, but also the projected WAR for all of those players in 2021. So I've got a differential that tells me, you know, the Yankees maybe didn't do so much in terms of getting better from a projection standpoint, but they just, they swapped some names out whereas Oakland and Cleveland clearly lost names that they that they couldn't replace this offseason. So that's part of the conversation. I kind of mixed that in. So it's really three things. Analysis over to under based on projected win totals from FanDuel and which jersey are Cousin Dan and I buying from every single team, right? Who's got the most long-term interesting outlook from each team that we'd actually put down a couple hundred bucks and, and buy an official jersey from. So that's the plan for the back end of these next couple of pods starting today with the NL Central and the AL Central next. All right, Cousin Dan. Segment number one of a bunch of these, the offseason is, a, is you know, for all b- intents and purposes, over. There are some names out there, and it sounds like those names want to wait. So some of this information will be subject to change, of course, but that is, base, you know, that's sports as we know it. We're going to start with the NL Central. Here's the game plan. The projected win totals, we're going to go over, under on those and our thoughts. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, the players they lost, players they gained per team how that may impact the 2021 season specifically, and if we get time with each team, and if it's relevant with each team, which jersey are we buying for each team specifically? So a lot of content, but I think it's good stuff this time of year. There's been a lot of movement, maybe more than people realize, even though the finances haven't been you know, eye-popping or, or normal in any Major League Baseball offseason. But let's start NL Central. Uh, I think this is what you classified as maybe the weakest division in baseball. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty. I, I I'd say it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, with, based on what they lost, what a lot of teams lost as a whole, uh, you know, minus the Cardinals, basically. So yeah, I, I think it's pretty pretty safe to
0: say. Okay, so we have to start there. Obviously, that's the the breadwinner right now with Nolan Arenado and a win and win projected total of eighty six. Thoughts there? I would you go yeah, over I mean, and under on that sucker?
1: I, if I'm leaning one, I don't feel strong about this one in particular, but I would probably lean over there. Um, it, but I, I, I don't feel real comfortable with their pitching there. So I, I think if it doesn't get to the number, it's it's largely because of their pitching. So yeah, but yeah, I I lean over.
0: You know, I, part of this exercise today was kind of understanding the entire off season scope for each of these teams. That's kind of what you know the data that I pulled. And obviously, this was about getting Arenado. I mean, you know, they didn't really do anything else at all. Um, you know, they, they lost Colton Wong. That's going to hurt a little. I know there's some kids that can come up and play. A couple of prospects in terms of the pitching arms went with Arenado's deal, and they they lost Dexter Fowler, who actually projects to a negative war in 2021. So that just seems like a, just a get-out-of-town kind of trade. I agree with you that there's a lot of question. I mean, Adam Wainwright was a last minute, you know, re-sign for this franchise and he's projected to be the number three starter in this rotation. That doesn't seem like enough, even though the rest of the division is weaker. There's no question about it, but you know, I guess if we're only talking regular season and we're not projecting any kind of deadline trade, you know, this is going to be the best team in in the division by far. So is 86 too big? I I think I say slightly over still, even though I'm I'm not certain that they can, you know, stop too many people defensively right now. They can probably out hit most of the teams in this division on a regular basis. So I'll say slightly over. Uh, and Arenado's the jersey I'm buying. I mean, that is such a phenomenal get. I can't, you know, I, I as a Mets fan, I'm salivating because that's a that's a player I'd love to have in my roster for the next six to seven years. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the actual process of that trade when we get to the Rockies but uh good for St. Louis right what else can you say
1: uh not too much i i think your analysis is pretty spot on there i i um i'm not real comfortable with that number i think the mentality is that they're pretty clear cut to win the division and you you it's pretty hard to win a division with less than that number. So um, I, that that's part of the mentality of leaning that Th- that's way. That's a but, pretty um, good
0: point. That's a pretty good point. I mean, if you're going to be a postseason team, what is the, what is the low you think, Dan, while we start this little exercise is 85, I, I, the, like the bare minimum.
1: I mean, mathematically, I, I'm not sure what that answer is, but it's, I mean, I can't remember a division winner under 90 wins, but I, I mean, I'm sure somebody can easily poke holes in in that right there. But just to, just to pee back on your earlier point there um, and make two ends meet here. I did read a super interesting quote about from Paul, the young about how, Arenado is so good defensively to his left that the young is going to be able to play more up the middle huh. and thinks that he'll have a, a a bit of a wider range this year. So, um, you know, just on that defensive note, that that's a little bit of a plus that might not be, be taken into effect. I, I, we all know Arenado is incredibly defensively, but um, yeah, not to something mention I didn't really not think to about Young is now up.
0: in the two hole with Goldschmidt and Arenado behind him in the batting lineup. So well, right, it's yeah, all good news for Paul DeYoung this year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I, I I agree with you. I think the 86 is about right for any kind of division winner. I'm going slightly over. You're gonna go under. You're gonna take the over. Um,
1: no, I would take the over in my jersey. I'd probably go Jack Flaherty just to be different. But yeah, love Nolan Arenado too. So if uh, I was actually forking out the money, it, it would be Arenado.
0: All right, good stuff. Yachty back for one more year too. Fun. That's a fun little team to uh, really kind of see how it goes for one year. They're they're kind of all in right now. So good stuff from them. All right, second best team in this division, is it is it a toss up for you? I mean, the Cubs ter- certainly took a step back. The Pirates are way down here. It's the Brewers for me. Is that where you are?
1: Yeah, n- no doubt the Brewers and uh, for me, I think um I mean, let's 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 reverse back into last year a little bit. This was a team that everyone, almost everyone thought was a legit contender last year and there's really not you know, there's really not a whole lot of changes that that came. Um now, again, there are questions at the back end of their their pitching staff, as many teams have, and as the Brewers typically have in a smaller market like that. But um, I mean, Yelich is still going to be an MVP candidate, and I think, yeah. um, you know, he's he's good enough, and they have a couple uh, cornerstone pieces in the rotation and a dynamite bullpen still. That um, yeah, I think they're pretty safely the second team, and I in that that is actually not a bad bet. If you are looking for an underdog, in my opinion, to win this a, division.
0: Yeah. I agree as with a division. That. Yeah. Half.
1: Yeah. I, I think there's many paths to the, the Cardinals disappointing. And I think there are paths to the Brewers outperforming what they did last year and um, could surprise some people. Uh, one of the athletic pot baseball podcasts with Eno Saris and uh, Derek Van Riper that I listened to um, DVR actually keeps bringing up uh Brandon Woodruff as uh, mm-hmm. MVP can- Cy Young candidate at tw- uh, 2,500 to one. So that's uh, Look, pretty,
0: that he's a, you know, how many, how many baseball fans know he's the ace on this roster right now? Uh, he's going to be a fantasy sleeper, you know, third round pick kind of thing, right? I and mean, he's going to be way down there in terms of number one pitchers. Corbin Burns is taking a big step forward. I like the starting rotation as much as I like St Louis's. I'll tell you that much right now, and in terms of incoming outgoing, Milwaukee gave up a few smaller pieces of that bullpen, replaced it with a couple of small pieces they already they already have a substantial amount of relief arms in that bullpen, and they added Colton Wong from their rival St Louis right now. That's a big get that he's gonna he's gonna lead off. He's gonna add fifteen to twenty stolen bases and a little bit of power at the top of the lineup. This is improved they're an improved team from last year i'll put it that way and they were pretty darn good last year so no question they're a sleeper in this division the over under is 82 so vegas is kind of with us here is uh is is this a number you're probably going over on because they're going to be contending with st louis
1: yeah i'd hit the over on that i think um i think they're within range of st louis enough that um it could could go either way and i I think it'll be close though i I don't think there's any going to regardless, there won't be any runaway
0: candidates here. So, okay. Third on the list, according to the, uh, win projected totals, and I'm using FanDuel Sportsbook, by the way, for these. So if there's any discrepancies, you can, uh, kind of check it out there and see what's what's going on. We just mentioned the Milwaukee Brewers at 82. According to FanDuel, the Trevor Bowerless Cincinnati Reds, 81.5, re- breathing down their necks. This one, I don't agree with. I'll, get, I'll, I'll bury the lead at the top here. I, I, this one is too high for me. Uh, incoming outgoings way too, way too lopsided in terms of of pieces they lost and what they brought in. They went a little bit money ball in terms of, you know, let's add three guys and and lose one that generally doesn't work in a year where, where there are two teams better than you and your division. 81 and a half is too high for me.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, we, we didn't discuss these and we're kind of going chalk here for the through the first couple of picks but um yeah I don't see the Reds getting there I, I think I think that's sort of the best case scenario situation for them and and you know to add on to that the, the Luis Castillo trade talk it, you know if he gets dealt mm-hmm. um you know it's not going to be for major league pieces it will be you know with a with an eye towards the future kind of deal so
0: um I mean let's if, put it if, this way Dan they they lost the race in Bauer and they lost their closer and they're going to have closer by committee for the entire season because of it. I mean, you've got Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo as your top two pitchers. That's questionable, no, no doubt about it. And you're going to have a bullpen that's going to be mixed-match puzzled the whole time. I, I just don't like that. That's not enough for me. Yes, there's some kids that can hit on this team. There's no question. Nick Senzel has to actually show up and play Major League Baseball this year, and maybe they have a chance that, you know to win a bunch of games. To me, it's just a tall order to get to 80, 82 to go over here.
1: Right, and if there's a prayer, it's because the division as a whole is weak, similar to the AL Central in past years, where, um, you know, the Indians have been pretty much handed, been handed the division because it was so weak, uh, you know, uh, otherwise. But, um, so I guess there is a there is a chance that the Reds can, um, you know, again, back up to last year, going into the year, they were, you know, one of the sexy picks for, um, you know, team to win the division. Now, obviously, Bauer is gone and things have changed, but. Um, the offense isn't isn't really that much different than it was last year. So they're like you said, they're going to hit the ball. Um, it, it's I, I don't know how much they'll be able to hang though um, long term here. So yeah, totally agree. Under is uh, the more likely scenario there.
0: The differential on incoming outgoing according to Zips this for 2021, they're a minus 5.4, meaning they lost more than they gained, and it wasn't even close. So not good news in my opinion. I mean, that's one of the higher marks in terms of losses in the entire league this off season. So I I wouldn't bet against it. That's for sure. I wouldn't bet on them getting to the, uh, the at 82 mark, because that means they're in serious division contention, according to the rest of this league. Um, Look, the Cubs took a step back. There's no question about it. They lost Schwarber. They lost Quintana. John Lester's finally out of town there. Tyler Chatwood. That's, that's half of your rotation right there.
1: Yeah. And, and new coaching staff, new front office. It's, they, right. they're they're not trying to win. So you you're dead on there. I mean actually it's they're... four
0: out of 5. It's D'Arvish, Quintana, Lester, Chatwood gone. Four out of five right. starters and you're you're and Victor Caratini basically the catcher to be that you know with everybody else gone. It, it, pfft, I mean, Albert Ramora is going to start for the Mets, Schwarber is going to start for the Nats. This is significant losses and t- too much. I mean, why even pay for a Jock Peterson? <laughs> you know, why even go that route? When when, when you look at what they gave up. Uh, I mean the over under seventy eight and a half. Why, how does that fancy you?
1: Um, whew, I would also lean under there. Um,
0: Dan, are they are mostly, they worse than the I Reds?
1: I, I oh, that's a really good question. Right, because um, one of these two
0: teams is probably going to surprise us.
1: The the Cubs have the track record of doing that. I would probably lean, and Mike, I don't know how to answer that question, really, I don't. Um, I just think think the Reds pitching, especially if Luis Castillo is moved, is so bad
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that they're just not going to win. Now, I really do like their offense. I think they have some nice offensive pieces, and they'll hit the ball. The Cubs, on the other hand, have, a, have their cornerstone pieces, whether Chris Bryant gets dealt or stays, whatever, you know, whatever comes to that. But like you said, there's just no pitching there. And they, they didn't really add much. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I can't directly answer that question, who's better. But I, if I had to gut reaction it, I would just say the Reds. But it's uncomfortable.
0: Any idea who their projected number two pitcher is in the rotation? It's a familiar um, face to Chicago Cubs fans. <laughs> no, Jake Arrieta, oh, Kyle yeah, Hendricks, that's... Jake Arietta, Zach Davies, Alec Mills, and Trevor Williams. That's a lot of transplants right there in twenty twenty one. Man, uh huh. I mean, the only positive is that the bullpen has some legs. Kimbrell, Ryan, it's got some legs here. Brandon Workman out of out of Boston. There's some arms that can save them if they can get to the sixth inning, but. And look, the bats are there. The kids are, I mean, Ian Happ's going to have a big role. Bryant and Rizzo are still here. You know, Javi Baez could, could round right back into form. So they're going to score some runs. I, I'm going to shock you here. I, I, I know how bad that starting rotation is. But I, I, I agree with you that if it starts to get real bad in Cincinnati, they're going to sell, sell, sell. So why wouldn't the Cubs eventually jump them? If that's the case, because I don't see the Cubs doing that. You know, the Cubs aren't going to sell Chris Bryant midseason, in my opinion. That's just not going to happen. Um, I, I think this is this team is more likely to stay intact for the most part and just be who they are and, and, and really do something drastic next offseason. So if that's the case, I, I would choose for stability with, with the Cubs. And I'm going to I'm going to take them over and, and hedge my bets that they're just going to have a little bit more structure and consistency this year. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, forgot jerseys. we already that.
0: forgot the Jersey part of this, <laughs> which Reds Jersey are you taking?
1: Um, <laughs> probably I, I, I see See, this is why the Jersey thing was so hard to begin with is because I mean, real realistically, I'm only picking a Jersey of a younger player or a or, like, a um, legendary player within an organization, right? I think
0: that's the way to go here. I really
1: do. (laughs) So, I mean... (laughs) i i I don't like see i i I really like nick Cassianos as a player but if he's gone in a year then like why are you buying a red jersey is the whole point of Same with like avato
0: right i mean avato's got like four years left i guess that's still the answer it's fine yeah
1: and and he's like a classic player so that that would be my pick yeah if you're gonna twist my arm and make me buy a cincinnati red jersey it's gonna probably be joey
0: what about the brewers (laughs) we gotta backtrack here quickly what about the brewers who are you all in on in Milwaukee? Is it still Yelich? Is he? He's got to be the face of that franchise, right? I mean, he's the highest selling. Yeah, for for
1: a lot of reasons, he's probably the pick for most people. Um, I think kind of a cool pick is uh, Devin Williams, nice. the relief pitcher there. That might um, that might be the closer by the end of the year if Josh Hader gets dealt. So uh, tons of team control, really.
0: Yeah, that dude's fire, um, right? He's a highlight reel, right? Yeah, he's he's
1: really incredible. So a lot of that's why that's why uh, the hater rumors get a little bit more more helium than they might otherwise because they have a legit. I mean, he was the rookie of the year last year. I know. And one, of the be- one of the best. One of the best had some of the best metrics across the the, the entire league. So um, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll land on that.
0: All right, and Cubs jerseys. Bryant maybe gone. Rizzo maybe gone. You know, what are you doing here? Is it Hobby I mean, Bias? Hobby staying right
1: yes but to, I, i'm not buying a cubs jersey but um <laughs> that's,
0: that's the cleveland fan and you still
1: yeah i'm just not doing it but um
0: uh i have got greg maddox rookie jersey no
1: yeah fine i'll buy I a like it. if i can Let's go with a, a cubs veteran jersey i'll do I, i'll i'll use that here <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right and uh last but certainly least and that is purposefully said. The Pittsburgh Pirates over under 58.5. They punt on Chris Archer, Trevor Williams, Joe Musgrove, and Jamison Tion. Basically, their entire rotation. They punt on first baseman Josh Bell. Uh, they bring in just a dozen guys that are gonna average or, or excuse me, that that are set to accumulate less than three of a zip's war rating in 2021. It's about 14 players. That combined for about two point eight in terms of projections uh so we know exactly who the pirates are. This is the bottom one or two payrolls on the league fifty eight point five has to be one of the lower, if not the lowest win total here as we go along, subject to change of course are you are you even worse on them? Are you going under on these Pittsburgh pirates so I I mean, it's hard to go under
1: how much, how much lower can you get than that? I mean, but they, that team is bad. That team is very bad. Purposefully, um, right?
0: This is on purpose. Oh yeah,
1: I, absolutely. I mean, well, they backed into it on purpose. If you know, they're, they've ah. made a bunch of moves trying to stay competitive over the
0: last, they didn't have to trade Joe Musgrove. I mean, San Diego got nine other pitchers this offseason. <laughs> you know, they didn't have to trade Joe Musgrove.
1: Right. Okay, from that perspective, I guess what I'm trying to say is three years ago, um, this team was nowhere near what they I mean, they they would have viewed it very differently than saying it was a rebuild. I think they had a couple key players that didn't work out like they thought and um, coupled with some, you know, the the like the Garrett Cole trade, Mm -hmm. the Austin Meadows trade, things like that. I think so many mistakes compounded that, you know. Gregory, Gregory Polanco, guys like that just didn't work out. And now they're kind of starting over. So yeah, it's totally by design, but the team is bad (laughs) and there's not too, I mean, they have some kids, but not, not too much ready this year or, um, three straight years
0: in last place, certainly projected to be the last place this year. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take the under because I think that they're doing this on purpose and I'm, it's okay. It's, it's a terrible part of the game, but because there's no floor, you know, until that gets fixed, then I I can't I can't fault these teams for doing this, especially in a year where revenue is going to be tough, or revenue was tough last year. So why would bad teams pay any kind of cash? That's yeah. clearly the, the philosophy here. So I'm not giving them 60 wins. I'm going to go under, and, and I'm going to feel pretty good about it.
1: Fine. So I'll to again to be a little bit different here. I will take the over with the premise that the division is just bad and they back into
0: 60 wins, so. All right, there's a couple of kids in this in this prospect pool who are, I guess ex- are expected to play, right? Kevin Newman's up here. There's the Hayes kid. Is, is he the jersey now? I mean, you know, there's not a pitcher you're, you're going to target here in terms of jersey. Polanco's <laughs> yeah, no, going to be out no. the door. Who the heck is it? He's the only
1: guy on the roster I, I would uh, I would think of buying. But, I, I mean, I do love Pirates jerseys as a whole. So Agreed. Um, and and it's a great nice stadium. It's a
0: great place to watch a ball yeah. game, too, which is really the worst part of all of this.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, on, um, I, I link Ryan Hayes, but um, maybe some Pittsburgh fan is uh, listening to this screaming about a, a guy that we're totally over. I know Brian for, Reynolds so. can
0: play a little ball. Kevin Newman's showed some stuff. Adam Frazier. There, there's some kids here for sure. That have Stop pushed- it! You're not buying. You're not buying an Adam Frazier. <laughs> Look, I just team. said they're going to win less than 58 <laughs> games, so you know I, I'm just trying to be positive here. Uh, Keb- I mean, Brian Hayes is the guy, though. He's the guy to watch. Two months ago,
1: two months ago, I for for what it's worth, two months ago, I would have said Josh Bell, but that's no longer relevant. So
0: we'll see if you say him in the National League East in Washington. I bet you not. I bet you not. All right, that that wraps up our National League Central over under. Here's the here's the the, the breakdown, Dan. Cardinals were both over. Milwaukee were both over. Cincinnati were both under. The Cubs were split on. I'm over, you're under. And Pittsburgh were split on. I'm under, you're over. And uh, that's a good little start. So let's move on to the AL Central next. All right, moving on to your neck of the woods, the Cleveland baseball team. Is that where we're supposed to call them right now?
1: I mean... uh, uh legally you're you're good for another year i'm told but um i, I <laughs> it's a lot effect- of guys it, it, it won't <laughs> be offensive
0: this year but next year look out it's gonna be offensive right yeah yeah
1: i know that'll make it all good but no a lot of people <laughs> i listen to are starting to just call them cleveland so yeah cleveland baseball team let's let's use that for now
0: cbt can't start there though because they're projected to be third this in this division so let's start at the top where we belong the chicago white Sox. it's been a a process. There's no question. This has been like a three-year process. Um, kind of culminating this offseason with some a few more extensions. The acquisition of Lance Lynn. The signing of Liam Hendricks to bolster that bullpen. A couple of veteran outfielders to go, to, you know, they lose a catcher. They lose James McCann, but they've pretty much got that covered already. Uh, you know, and some middling eh, back-end starters to go with it. And then Alex Colomb's kind of a big loss as well if you consider him, a, a, you know, a, a back-end bullpen closer type. is the number, Dan. Where are you living? Man, I...
1: It seems like... It seems most likely they'll, they'll go over. But the fact that it's 90... Gives me some pause, you know what I mean? Like, it, I thought when I first looked at this, I thought that number would be a couple games higher. Quite honestly. Um, so let
0: me ask it this way: knowing that Minnesota is like eighty-nine and a half, you know, that's pretty much a push in terms of what Vegas is saying to us. So, what what is your reaction, knowing those two teams are neck and neck here?
1: I I mean, I, so I think it's somewhat clear that the the White Sox are a better all-around team my hesitation with the white Sox is new manager very young roster mm-hmm. um we haven't really seen it yet and i think people are sort of giving them the division like we have seen it from them before so yes they add liam hendricks huge piece in the bullpen among other names um they're they really solidified that bullpen um the staff looks good now the giolito looks like a bona fide ace Um, their roster is loaded up and down, but, um, I don't know, something just doesn't feel right with the, and I've been, and I've been saying for two years, what, you know, two years ago, I said, the twins are going to win this division when everyone thought the Indians were going to win the division. And I said, and my team last year, the watch out team that they didn't win the division, but I, I thought that they might take a step forward was the white Sox. And now this year, something just feels Off about that. Like we're we're just giving them too much credit immediately. Do you know what I you know I'm trying to say there? Look,
0: I'm looking at the projected starting nine, and it's Adam Eaton, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandel, and kids. (laughs) I mean, that's just how it is.
1: Right. But the kids are like they're outstanding. Some of the the best prospects in the league. So
0: yeah. How many of these kids have played 162 though? Because you gotta factor in last year's shortened season too. They they were fantastic last year, you know, second in the division, thirty-five and twenty-five. They took big steps forward, and the starting rotation is one of the better in all the league. There's no question about it. Top to bottom, that's one of the more consistent in the whole league right now. Can the kids last for 162? So it's always a question when, when international players come over or young kids come up to the league and are asked to play every day. So I, I'm going under. I'm going under 95, I'm going to tell you right now, because of that, because I'm not sure this team has enough depth. To, to give these guys the proper time off because just, it's just part of the game. We know this. We know how important this is come August when, when the dog days hit, and some of these kids are used to a third of these kind of games. So uh, I'm going under the 90. I think Minnesota's just more experienced in this right now. I don't think Cleveland's going to be all that bad, and there'll be some contention there as well. I love this team. I, I don't want to downplay that at all. This is a legitimate AL contender and uh you know even if they don't win the division they're going to be in the postseason somehow and they're going to be a factor this year so i'm going under just because i am um, i have to see it to believe it let me put it that way
1: yeah and i will after i just slammed them for a few minutes i i i just think 90s too low so i'm going to go under there and if
0: over right there
1: if yeah i'll go over yeah. over the 90s so if I mean, this is probably the one that I'll be kicking myself at the end of the year when I say I knew they weren't going to win 90 games and (laughs) I picked them anyway. But, yeah, I just think the roster is too good. Um, There's major concerns with Tony La Russa there and how some of the young guys will um, react to him or he'll react to them maybe. But um, This might be the the toughest
0: question of the whole night. Which one of these jerseys do you buy? I mean, these kids could all be here for 10 years. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I I'm like a I'm kind of like a Eloy Jimenez fan. Uh, yeah. So I, I I guess I'll just settle there. I like the whole roster though. There's man, there's a lot of likable pieces here.
0: Yeah, Mancada's a nice piece. Barbera's not a nice piece. Giolito could win the Cy Young this year. I mean, that's really not out of the realm here. So right, you can't go wrong. All right, you're going Eloy. That's fair. That's that's big power, right? I mean, he's going to be the. The bat behind you really. It's that's a nice pick. All right, Yilo is. You're over. I'm under on Chicago. I mentioned the Minnesota Twins. Uh, boy, they were active. You know, maybe not as active as people thought they were going to be with with some of these sweeping trades that or trade rumors that were out there. But I like the and- Andrelton Simmons ad. You know, the J hap and the Matt Shoemaker ad are a little bit Moneyball, but I get it. I understand that. You know, you lost Rich Hill. Fine. Um, Trevor May's a big loss. Eddie Rosario is a big loss. No idea why they designated him when he basically made the same amount of money he was supposed to make <laughs> with the Cleveland Indians this year. Um, so there's some questionable moves, but this was clearly about adding depth. One of the reasons I'm going to pick them to be over, you heard my reasoning for going under on Chicago. I, I you know, I think they've got six legitimate starters, not great ones, but they've got depth and they added Alex Cologne to a decent uh, bullpen already. And I just think there's enough there, especially with the arms. I think there's enough there. They're probably still in the Jake toese conversation, um who's waiting out a contract right now, one of their relinquished free agents. Do you believe in this batting lineup though, Dan? Let's start there.
1: So I think I just flipped a few times as you laid all that out. Um, <laughs> sorry no, no i i I again, I like the team i. I think they're a little thin in some spots and
0: positionally. Yeah.
1: I I just don't know if I really like how the whole roster is constructed at this point. Um, I, I I think a lot really
0: relies on Miguel Sano. If he really did figure it out last year, this is going to be a dangerous top five a really dangerous top five, but who knows? I mean, you know, between him and Byron Buxton in the starting nine, it's terrifying. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. No. And that they have, I mean, two years ago, they set records for most home runs uh, hit in a season and their roster is not that far off from that minus Eddie Rosario. I mean, they still have all those big time bats there um, Alex Al Kepler uh, Max Kepler sorry sure um, and, and some young guys too so I I just think so let me back up to directly answer your question I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under although again I don't like it I feel uncomfortable about it but my view would change tomorrow if they sign Jake Odorizzi um, yeah I don't think he's some stud pitcher but I think he is enough there they've proven to have a good relationship he's had success there um I think that could push that that starting staff over um to where they they could get over that number that's how close it is to me um really with the White Sox and the Twins I think it's so I think those numbers are so good that I wouldn't put money down on either of them but if you're asking me which way I like i probably lean. Over White Sox, under Twins, even though my gut says to reverse those two. But it's really with the thought of the rest of the division as well. So yeah. I'll, I'll let you get into that. But. No,
0: I, I'll, uh, I'll finish on this with the Twins. And it's, it's kind of restating what I've already said about them. I, I just get the impression that they are building for depth in this, in this year specifically. That, that that's the goal. And whenever that's the case now up front, I have confidence that even if they don't get Ode locked in over the next month, there's going to be a move that there's going to be a July move to add depth either in the rotation or in the bullpen, wherever they're weakest, because they know that that's how they can get themselves to that next level. They've been so damn close and Cleveland clearly took a step back this offseason with the, with the, the players they've lost and we, everything we said about Chicago, everybody's saying, you know, until they show it to me, why would I believe in them? So why couldn't the twins be there knocking on the door? They absolutely could. And probably should be. And that seems to be their mindset. So to me, I just see more moves in their future, whether it's next week or in four months. But there's enough there for me to at least give them a, a vote of confidence. What's the jersey, man? Good. And, and, I, Go
1: and, and I, I, Real quick, I get hung up on the things like, like Kenta Maeda. I like him a lot as a pitcher, but most of his peripherals showed that he outperformed last year. So is he a bona fide ace? Eileen, no. I think he's an excellent pitcher. But if he's the ace of that staff... Um, him and Barrios, Barrios has never really put it together for a full year. Although the pedigree's there, tons of talent there. Um, yeah. So things like that, I keep coming back to, and it's like they really haven't changed that much. And their main failures in the playoffs have become have been mostly centered on them being just a home run, you know, home run hitting team. And it, you know, we've seen that collapse in playoffs year after year. If you're not well rounded, and and that team is to me is still a lot of just power and not a lot of um finesse so um the jersey i picked for this one is uh, a little off the board but um alex kiro oh you I, took my guy <laughs> yeah i think um i think he might be a uh, mainstay in the lineup this year and i think former first round pick super young will be with the yeah. should theoretically be with the organization for a while um no so, brainer it's yeah, a i like that one
0: no brainer all right next on the list your cleveland baseball team Cleveland Spiders, whatever the hell they're gonna be. What do you think? I'm gonna let you take the floor on this. I don't I don't wanna give you any ideas one way or another.
1: Um yeah, so the number I like the over. What it's oh yeah, 80, sorry, 81.5. 80, yeah, that's what I thought. Go yeah. Ahead. So I think they're better than a five hundred team. I can I could probably leave it at that, but I'll 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 add a little bit more there. I think I think the pitching is still solid. Um and I think that I think that their lineup is a little bit better than people give them credit for. Now there's a ton of question marks, but um I don't know. Something I, I it's just I listen to a lot of Indian stuff. I think um the recent moves which have been viewed as a se- well no they have been a sell selling parts um have been looked at negatively across the league but as a whole I think you know, I think they've kind of been able to rebuild on the fly. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're just better than a 500 team. I I could probably leave it at that.
0: Okay. Uh, you hit a couple of points that I'll certainly make some notes of. I'll start with this. I did this incoming outgoing with projected zips. They're the second lowest differential in major league baseball this off season. They are projected to have negative 6.4 war from the players they lost. Makes a ton of sense when you lose Carrasco, Frankie Lindor, Brad Hand, and Carlos Santana, and really didn't replace them. I mean, they went very young with replacements. Like I said, Eddie Rosario was kind of a sitting out there, had-to-do-it kind of move. That's the, that's the idea I get with that, at least. Um, but he, you, you've already mentioned the most important thing, and it's been this case for about 10 years now. Everybody consistently undervalues the Cleveland baseball team's starting rotation, no matter who's there. It's, it's usually a couple of names you've heard of, and then three guys you probably never have been, but two of those three guys are better than most number two pitchers in any other rotation. And that's what we have here. That's what we have here. We have basically number one picks throughout this entire roster. Uh, you know, Bieber's a Cy Young winner. There's no reason he shouldn't be a candidate again, Uh, you know, massive contract extension in his future. Well, I shouldn't say massive, a Cleveland contract extension in his future. Um, but there's nowhere else to look. The, the starting rotation is good enough. They need some things to happen in the bullpen. There's no question about that. The, most of this bullpen has been acquired from other trades from, you know, via the trade. So they need some of these arms that they really didn't you know, draft or sign themselves that they've been working on kind of internally, which generally works out for them. But they need some of those things to go right for sure. Other than that, you know, they're, very, they're built very similarly to the Twins in terms of their, of their batting order. And their lineup, a couple of kids that really need to pay off this year, some veterans who we know what we're going to get from them. I I just feel I feel as good about them as I do about most of what I see with the twins with with a bump up rotationally. So are they going to win less than 81 games? Are they going to be yeah, a 500 team? You know, this is where I think the White Sox will lose some of those victories. This is why the White Sox can be under for me because Cleveland should jump on them with that starting rotation. They should be able to jump on them. Shane Bieber should be able to dominate that young White Sox lineup a couple of times this season and swing that balance a little bit. So I'm going over on Cleveland. I feel pretty good about it because betting on a starting rotation is usually good money. So I'm over on Cleveland. You're over on Cleveland. And, And what is the Jersey longtime Cleveland baseball fan?
1: That is a tough one, honestly. Um,
0: I, by the, by the I, way, this, the, the Lindor trade with the Mets and the, and the Indians has was like our dream. That's been like our dream, right? A massive right, blockbuster yeah. move between our two favorite teams. So right. that was and, a and fun little week.
1: And I've said it several times that I didn't want Lindor to go anywhere. Like I, everyone else didn't want him to. But if I had to pick a team, I'm glad it's the Mets. <laughs> I like the Mets. I like that you – you know it's your team. We'll, we'll, I'll get over it. It still hurts, but yeah. Um, Indians wise, I, I, I would probably go with the Andres Jimenez. Oh, jersey. He, he may not Mets start kid. off, but he's going to be, uh, he's going to have a role in this lineup for sure. So, um, if you're not going that way, you're probably going with like James Karinchik with, the the 99 wild thing Jersey out of the bullpen. So, oh.
0: Yeah, that's going to be too hard to pass up. Uh, You know, Bieber's the obvious one. He'll be here for probably six more years at least before they have to move on from him, Kluber style. But uh, all three make sense to me. All three of those good stuff. Um, Okay. By the way, I cannot wait for next year when we're doing these pods and I get a dollar every time you say Indians. I can't wait. I cannot (laughs) wait. We're going to have to find a donation to to make because there's this is going to be impossible for you to get past this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just out of habit. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Royals coming up fourth in this division. 73.5 is the over under. Uh, look, this was a team that sneakily added some talent this offseason. They've had a 6.2 differential in terms of war they added, projected war they've added. They did it with depth. Carlos Santana from that Cleveland team. Mike Minor's is kind of a sneaky, good rotational guy. They got Ben late from Boston in a, in a sneaky little three team move. Um, you know, there's some guys here, Michael A. Taylor out of Washington, a, a real speedy, good defensive outfielder who's, you know, struggles at the plate, but that's the kind of players they generally get when they are confident. Is this team acting like they're confident and over 73 and a half confident this year?
1: Yeah. that I, I like the way you laid that all out. Um, they added Pete, they added what people call talent, but I really think they just spent money more than they really added, um, you know pieces that are going to push them over the edge now whether that was just like a marketing type thing um or they like sincerely believe they can kind of go for it if if you will or uh, make some sort of run i mean i mean why are are you adding all the those players in this in um you know this this climate if you will so um yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. If if you're just stacking the Royals and the Indians up against each other, I, I don't really know how they're that they're within, you know, a few games of each other on the Vegas line. Hmm. So, um yeah, I'm going way under. I think this team has gotten helium uh, on moves that are. Prayers.
0: I just don't like that. I, I right? mean, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. The players you named are fine, but you know, is that moving last year's team into, you know, even a mild contender? I don't think so. So I'm going way under and and where I was trying to kind of forecast earlier with the, the twins and the white Sox, why I went under on the twins, um, excuse me, over on the twins was because I think like you said, you're going to peel some of these wins away from the Royals. And I think those will get dispersed among uh, the top three teams a little bit. So, um, yeah, exact
0: same answer for me. and, And I'll give you a more succinct answer. I think they're a year away from being a version of Cleveland or Minnesota. They've got some solid kids. They really do. I mean, the Dozier, Dozier just gets extended. Mondesi's probably getting extended soon. They there, some and they're they're sitting at the bottom of this lineup right now. They they just don't have the pitching. They just don't, you know, maybe Brady Singer takes a step forward. I don't see it happening. Their closer right now is Greg Highland, which just seems <laughs> that seems like TNT ready to explode. I mean, we've yeah, seen no that things. we've seen that work and we've seen that be literally get him out of town bad. So, uh I just don't see it. I, I think there's, they, they've kind of patched this thing together this off season for whatever reason. It's a great point. Why do this, you know, Patrick Mahomes becomes a part owner and you just decide you have enough money to go spend recklessly. They are, they are clearly fourth, maybe even fifth in this division by the end of this thing for me. And uh, I'm way under on them as well, Dan.
1: So also just to, to have this caveat, it's good for baseball. They're spending this money. Oh, I don't yeah. want to see Yes. I, I don't think we want to seem like those guys that are like, oh, you know, why are they spending this money? It's very good for baseball and more teams should be doing this. I guess what I'm saying is look around and if the, if the Indians are at 81 and the Royals are at 79, I, I think the Indians are, maybe it's just pedigree and me being a homer, uh, admittedly, but I, I, I don't think they're that close. Let's
0: put it but, this way. They're, they're 20th in payroll right now, Kansas City, um, which is high for them. You know, uh, generally, when they want to win, they're up there. They, they're in the top fifteen. That's that. That the twenty fifteen World Series, I believe they are in the top fifteen. So you know that they, you know, when they're ready to go. To me, this is a small. Right. This is a signal that they they are confident. That's why I, I kind of laid it out that way. They, you know, in a normal year, they're twenty fifth right now. They're where the Mariners are, but twentieth is high for them. So something internally is positive. I, whether it's false positive, we'll see for me it is for me they're down there and, and I actually prefer Detroit who we're going to talk about next over them right now
1: yeah I'd I'd, I'd agree not really nothing to add there
0: Jersey Dozier. Mm-hmm.
1: um yeah yeah I, I would probably uh, I mean I'd probably this is kind of a cop-out answer but I'd be somewhere between him Solaire and maybe Benintendi I mean he's Probably short lived there, I would have to imagine, but um I like all those guys. maybe one of the young pitchers. We haven't said pitchers, um, yes. for any of these guys, yeah, but
0: Duffy, Duffy, Keller, Minor, Singer, booba No. Nope. It's not yeah. a pitcher.
1: Yeah, never mind.
0: <laughs> it's not a pitcher. <laughs> okay. Maybe Richard Lovelady just because the last name on the back of a jersey is amazing. Uh um, sure, sure. No, that's not the answer either. Detroit, I like this team. I don't love this team, but I like this team. Uh War differential of six point two, identical to the Royals. Again, there's some confidence in that room, and it starts with the coach. How can it not? The manager, I should say. How can it not? Right? I mean, they get they get a World Series manager. I don't care if he cheated; he can still he can still manage baseball. Um, you know, they added some guys: Wilson Ramos. That's going to be a nice veteran to add. Derek Holland, same there. Julio Terran. I mean, it's kind of castaways in every regard. Jose Urania is a nice pickup from Miami. There's no question about that. Um, and to me, the guys they, they moved off on were almost like cap casualties in terms of what we're talking about with the NFL right now. So they are in a, in a powerful position, almost an offensive position right now with the way that they're treating 2021. Again, it's reckless because they're not going up this division. They're not getting top three in my opinion, but I think they can leapfrog Kansas city. So I'm over 60, 67.5 on Detroit. Tell me why I'm a fool.
1: You're not going to get it out of me. I, I agree. I agree there. I think, um, the Tigers have a a nice crop of pitchers coming up. Um, I think they're two years away and they're legit contenders. I mean, they'll, they they could easily bypass a couple of teams in this division. Um, you know, in two years from now, I think they're a better team than the twins for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and Indians to be determined how some of these more recent moves turn out, but, um, yeah, the white. I think there's a good chance that this is the White Sox and the Tigers division. Um, you know, over the next let's say five years. Um, I think there's a good chance five years from now we're looking back saying that they're, um, you know, they're the teams in their peak window. So yeah, I looked at I like the Tigers a lot. Not this year, but um, I like what they're doing there. Absolutely. So um, I would lean uh, over on that as well.
0: Yeah, you're right about their kids, though. I mean. They have two legit starters that should be ready by 2022 ish, in, in Scubel and Mize. They've got a first baseman in Torkelson, obviously the you know the number one pick. He's going to be ready probably in 2022, and Riley Green, an outfielder. They've got basically one player at at every major position group ready to come up and take this team over in about two three years. So you're right, that's the timing. Um, but while while those kids are developing this major league team's going to take steps forward. There's no question about it. They've they've, they've done a halfway decent job of at least patching it together. And, you know, aside from Miggy Cabrera's ridiculous contract, uh, which is no question holding them back in some regards, everything else kind of looks nice. Uh, Right.
1: And Mike, to add on to your point too, if there's any team in the league that is close and needs to spend money, I feel like the Tigers are the team that has habitually done it. Um, I think they're being smart right now by not spending money, but when in two years from now, three years from now, when that window is upon them, um, I think they're making major splashes in free agency. You don't hear them. You don't hear them at all right now. Um, and it's not because they went away or their owner doesn't want to pay anybody. I don't think it's that at all. I think that they are just letting the kettle simmer and, uh, they'll, they'll let it you know they'll let it boil in uh, in a couple of years from now
0: so. 24th payroll right now detroit tigers exactly where i want the royals to be so yeah, again, his, this is just why i prefer them
1: <laughs> historically they're top i mean they've always spent money yeah. you know when they're good they spend money so yeah i think um you know, we're we're just looking at the framework of what's there now. I'm, I'm looking in the future and thinking there will be additional pieces that they bring in, um, you know, to put them over the top when the time has come. So yeah, I like, I like their direction a lot.
0: Yeah. But, and, and enough to go over this year. I mean, haven't we seen it enough over the past five years that there's a couple of teams that just overachieve one year earlier than they probably should have. Why can't this be one of those teams, right?
1: Well, yeah. yeah. And I mean, who wants to analyze the worst teams in the league? So we kind of just look at these numbers and go like, you know, yeah, they're not going to, they're not good. They're not going to win a lot of games, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you know, it it could be the end of September and they're in the mid sixties. No, no doubt. So yeah, I, I'm not confident in it, but if, uh, maybe it's just because I want to root for them a little bit this year, but I, I would lean that way for sure. So.
0: Are you holding off on jerseys? Do you want one of the kids cuz I mean Boyd's a nice jersey right the pitcher the ace
1: Um yeah but he's he's probably gone
0: I know. Uh, sooner than later he's in my opinion so here, Yeah,
1: yeah I I'd, pr- I'd probably hold off for uh Casey Mize but I guess uh if you're looking for a name um I know you like my off the wall names uh Heimer Candelario sure. would be the jersey I jersey I pick. uh former top prospect with the Cubs came over to um the Tigers had kind of a rough first year Had a pretty nice short season last year, and I think this could be the year he kind of puts it together over a full season. Um, But that is uh, Dan, who keeps drafting him in deep fantasy leagues as well, talking.
0: Projected (laughs) to be the starting third baseman, batting cleanup for this team. So if this team's going to win more than seventy games, he's going to have to do something. So not a bad pick, sir. I just like the idea of Torkelson on the back of my jersey. That's all. Oh yeah, that's 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 just good stuff for me. All right, baseball name. Let's break it down. I am under the White Sox. You're over the White Sox. The exact opposite with Minnesota. You're under. I'm over. Cleveland, we're both over. Kansas City, we're both under. Detroit, we're both over. I think this is pretty even. I think we have like four splits out of 10 teams. So this is a good start. Not planned. We didn't do any preparation, which is what you can expect. Um, This is good stuff. What, What do you want to focus on now? What's the next show is going to be, Dan? Um. Coming east, going west. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, uh, we can we can do the east teams. I think that might be. I think there's a lot to go over with the west teams. So
0: um, I would agree with that. Pro- probably the uh, the best, at least geographical area of baseball for 2021. So AL East and at East next show. I think we're deadlocked right now in terms of our variance picks. So uh, this was not as bad as we thought. Good stuff, Dan. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: My thanks to cousin Dan. he'll be back pretty much every show for the next month or so as we continue to break down these off season not just the over unders but some of the projections some of the late moves uh, we'll have a couple of baseball people around for a round table where we discuss the off season finances money in money out that kind of thing big trades plenty to talk about really and and uh, what we thought could be a down year you know the trades kind of facilitated the lack of free agent spending so we'll have a couple of guys on and kind of go around the room with how we thought this all hashed out. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track. Check out their podcasts network as well, like Dan mentioned. Plenty of baseball podcasts. Great NFL off-season podcasts as well. Theathletic.com slash spot track gets you 40% off. <clears throat> for Cousin Dan, my name is Mike Giannetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Spot Trek Podcast.